and so many times we find that life is going to be tough or goal is going to be too audacious i think what we forget is it is all comes down to the next step it does not matter how many times you have failed it does not matter what you have done in the past whether you have been hero or a villain nothing matters all that matters is the next step that you are going to take What's good people? Welcome back to the Next Move podcast. I am Arman Kendri and it is my job to simplify and demystify the exact strategies and habits of overachievers. And today I have one such overachiever. His name is Pratik Kandelwal and he's the founder of Ramp My City. A startup that is focused on making India more wheelchair inclusive. And Pratik himself suffered a terrible accident that left him paralyzed from the waist down. And instead of feeling sorry for himself, Pratik got to work. The doctors told him he'll never walk again, but his journey to recovery and thriving with a business has been so much faster than anybody would have expected and it just shows when you're listening to this podcast you're really going to realize it that we all have so much more control over our circumstances and none of us can have excuses dude if he's up working out for eight hours a day getting on his recovery starting a business you have no excuses the entire time during the conversation i just thought Any complaint I ever had is complete bullshit. This conversation is incredibly inspiring and motivating and it just really reinforces that, dude, we have no excuses. So please, without further ado, enjoy this very wide-ranging and tactic-packed podcast with Pratik Kendalwal. Hey, Pratik, thank you so much for joining the show. Hi, Arman. It's my pleasure to be here and sharing my life experiences with you. Amazing. So I'm very excited for this interview. And I want to start with your physio. And the reason why I want to start here, and it may be a different place to start off with, was because during your TED Talk and during interviews, I've listened to you and reading about you. Your physio, for some reason, just just stuck out to me because of one thing that you said, where you said he approached the idea of recovery differently, right? And can you expand on on how important your your physio was to you, and and how he how did he approach the road to recovery differently than others? So uh, to understand how my physiotherapist was different, eventually, who I am training, still training under is you have to understand uh, the spinal cord injury and what it does to you and why there is so much unawareness even amongst the medical team, medical staff or medical uh, team out there. Um, the thing is with spinal cord injury, uh, um, sp- the spinal cord is an extended part of your brain. So uh, whatever you want to do, if you want to raise a hand, the brain generates a signal, sends to the spine, the spine has nerves generating from them, they carry the signal to your muscle groups delivers it to the appropriate muscle group, the muscle fires and there, boom, you raise the hand or you do whatever activity you want to do. Now, uh, when the spine gets hurt, similarly, uh, the spine connects the whole body through the vein. Now, when the spine gets hurt, the signal that the brain sends to the spine, it gets blocked. So now the signal doesn't reach the leg. 
So in my case, I have a lower waist. I had got a spinal cord injury in 2014 on my uh, lower back. So that means the signal that my brain is generating goes to the spine, uh, lower spine. But human body as it is made uh, does not have uh, a way uh, to recover um, the lost nerves or the lost nerve, nervous connections. So, the, so what happens is the signal that the brain generates, it, it gets blocked at your injury point and the muscle groups on your legs are not able to receive any signal. And that is why you have the paralysis because there are dormant sleeping muscles out there not getting signals. And hence you cannot move. Now, uh, because there is no uh, set medical uh, solution to it, uh, what happens is uh, uh, as soon as you get an injury like this, people become people or even doctors become very hopeless because it's a very difficult life ahead of this because uh, not only does it affect your physical movements, um, what happens is and what I realized after probably six months into my injury and which was not told to me by doctors was uh, um, that a lot of other things also go wrong in your body because of a nervous system damage. Uh, so everything is connected to, uh, through the nervous system. So after the spinal cord injury, not, not only do you get uh, uh, a paralysis, uh, various other functionalities of your body go wrong. Like you have uh, bladder control issues, you have, you have erratic bowel movements, you, uh, your sexual life is challenged, you lose sensation uh, below the point of injury, uh, you get spasms, you get muscle atrophy, you get UTIs, you get bed sores, and all of it against no medical solution. And that is where it really gets very, very, uh, very, very intense and very, very depressing for people because how do you get out of it? And it's like people would choose death rather than going through all of this every day because there is no solution to it. So the, for the first six months of my injury, I was running around all over Bangalore and going to different physiotherapists who were um, making me do all kinds of exercises. And even after putting in a lot of work, I did. I did not see any visible physical changes because, well, the first year after the injury, everybody is under the josh that, oh my God, I'm, going, I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to walk. I'm not going to lead a life on wheelchair. And you have this phenomena because you're coming from the able-bodied side and we all know how able-bodied see people who are differently able, right? So even I was like that. So I was putting in a lot of hard work, eight to 10 hours of gym, eight to 10 hours of exercises, but nothing was changing. And and that is when I started having a little bit of questions and doubts about it, that what is going wrong, despite of all the efforts. In 2015, so this injury happened in 2014. In 2015, I joined and I started training under this physiotherapist, whose name is Dr. Pradeep Kotekar. It was under him that I realized uh, that my long-term goal of walking and standing and being able to recover a lot of my internal functionalities of body that have gone wrong, it has to be done in a different way where you have to retrain your nervous system again to do things. And it was a very different and very refreshing outlook that he gave me where uh, he told me that the body has the capacity to relearn provided we, we uh, break our long-term goals into short-term goals. Uh, walking should always be a long-term goal, but there are so many smaller, smaller steps that you need to take in order to reach that point. And I think that really helped me because um, he gave me insights into how, uh, um, how, what I can recover in the next week, what I can recover in the next month and uh, breaking uh, those uh, goals down into shorter, into shorter goals really helped me declutter and it helped me with my recovery. And at the same time, when I started doing those exercises, I realized that my, I started getting control 
of my internal body functionalities also uh, with respect to bladder i had better bladder control i i was having better digestion my movement started my sensation started coming back in, in slow phases it was very slow but i saw even if it's an iota of change there is a change that that's a, there's a glimmer of hope and i think that is the glimmer of hope that i live by and here we are today in front of arman was that that's so amazing you know breaking down into shorter term goals because i think you know whether it be an injury recovery or or any phase of life we we have this huge fascination right we want to do this big thing and we get very um sad or or demotivated if we're not meeting uh, that goal because this is this audacious goal but when you break it down into shorter it becomes easier can i ask you um like specifically what what were some of the shorter term goals that he gave you and was it tough tough for you to adjust your mindset into thinking short term or, or was it a easier change i think uh, the short term goals has been the most impactful learning of my life i think it is something that really really has done wonders for me number one because when you only term on a short term goal that is achievable number one it is a visible goal as in you can see the changes there are visible changes that happen because your target is is not too big it's small number two it also declutters your head when you're you yes you should, we should always set audacious goals but i think the journey to a 1000 miles starts with one step and and that has been my uh, my focus point that i always focus on my next goal in order to pursue the bigger goal so i uh, always for example i think when a spinal cord injury happens uh, um there was uh, a time when i had lost control from below my waist so instead of thinking that i am going to i am going to walk tomorrow i think um, we started doing exercises which actually made me better at sitting properly i was not able to even sit properly because my lo- my back had also lost control so shorter term goal in the sense in within 2 to 3 months i started sitting properly in within 6 months i had better control over my over my glutes within 12 months i was able to stand and take a few steps outside my walker within 15 to 18 months i was taking i was walking better on my walker after 2 years i was taking that walking outside in public places like a mall like a supermarket um and it is just it was just a growing uh, adrenaline rush in my head it was not i was unstoppable at that time because uh, because of the learning of the short term goal i never burdened myself uh, because of the weight of the audacious goal i had thought but i had learned that in order to to reach that audacious goal what matters is what i do about it today and that is how uh, short term goal setting has been has been the it was the starting point of me looking at things very differently in my life wow that's it's so it is really tough to it involves patience right because you need that accelerated ability to just say this is what i'm going after walking is the ultimate but i'm going to make this little step can i can i um ask you about the maybe the 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 harder days right so during a typical recovery day i've seen you i i love your motivational videos of your recovery on youtube i'll i'll put the link in the description below for anybody but what did a day in recovery look like for you in the in the earlier part of my uh, uh, of my injury i think uh, 
I have never said it out in public. Uh, it was it. I I have had and I have very difficult days compared to a no, uh, to an able body's day. And but that pain and whatever I go through in that day is never put out to the world because I always feel that pain is mine. But while learn from it, I will take take it out to the world. So um, uh, a normal day is getting up and obviously because now you're dependent on people to do certain things and you you are recovering at the same time. So yes, uh, things take a lot longer than what what it, it does for an able-bodied person. Um, a lot of time used to go in my exercises. I think at least I used to do at least for the first three to four years, I was doing at least uh, five hours of exercises. It's, it's right from eight to 10 and then yeah, five hours was, was uh, what I was doing broken down into three sets, three different times in a day. And everything was around it. Every I think the first three years, 2014 to 2017 end was a lot about me trying to gain as much uh, independence in terms of movements that I can and I realized that um, exercises is going to be a part of my life for probably all my life but this is how I have to mold myself and and take uh, confidence again from the short-term goal achievement and keep moving forward. So yes, that is how a typical day is and it is, it gets hard. Yes, it gets hard because on days, uh, I have learned a lot uh, on days when you're not doing well because now your body is not the same body. On, you have bad days where the exercises that you were doing yesterday, you are not doing them properly today. Uh, and the things that you were able to do last week, probably you're not able to do it this week. And that used to kind of really pull me down some. In the beginning of it, in the beginning of things, it used to pull me down, my confidence down, my motivation down. And I think, um, and I used to get pretty angry. Um, just telling you a life incidence that um, on my difficult days, on my harder days, I used to get angry when uh, when my exercise did not go as planned and uh, it, it went down from the last week. And uh, that anger that I had towards myself, it used to spill on other areas of my life. That meant I'll shout at my mom. I'll shout at anybody. I will be in bad moods for days and weeks because of that one day, that one hour of exercise that did not go well. And I hope people listening to this also connect to uh, their lives where a small thing in their lives go wrong. And we actually make sure that that ruins the rest of our day or the rest of the coming days for us. And uh, that used to start happen to me uh, uh, because I used to keep tense. And what I realized eventually over time was that actually that's, that week or two weeks I am taking to recover from one bad day is actually hampering my, uh, my recovery itself because my mindset is not right and I need to take control of it. So I started cutting down those two weeks of being in bad moods to one week, that one week of being mad, uh, being mad on myself to one day at one day to that one hour and at one hour to that just moment where my exercise went wrong and I just think okay this is my learning from it and this is what I learned and the next time I'm going to come I'm going to I'm going to put my 200% in the same thing and do better at it and I just used to leave it at that moment I did not think about it the next moment because that was my learning I took the learning and I applied it the next time I'm doing the exercises and I used to do better at my exercises and that was the rush that I needed so it stopped spilling over the anger and brought down the, did the anger management from two weeks to that one moment. And I have again used it in other areas of my life to not let temper, anger, restlessness or losing of composure to spill on to other things. Dude, that that's incredible. And you know, you know, for, for me, I, I, I take that like very much to heart because for example, if if I felt I didn't perform in a podcast or even little things like, 
I, I played badly at football or something like that. I will go and I will like just be beating myself up for like for, for a little bit. And, and then you think about it and you're like, dude, it's just a game or, or something like that. How did you make that mental shift? Because yeah, we, we can say like, you know, stop thinking about it. It's over. It's done. How, what was the self-talk to, to get there? How, how do you make that progress? I very high expectation from my own self and failure is not an excuse and uh, no no blames no excuse i think so so if i have to move forward i have to let that negative thought off me and that was my realization that a negative thought is going to stop me from achieving what i am what i am designed to achieve and i think in in pursuit of of that audacious goal this negativity this this anger this uh, this reaction to things the uh, the things that did not go your way it had to be it had to be cut down. It had to be molded in a way that can actually work for you. And that is what I learned uh, to turn it around, to use it to, to my advantage. So we all have sets of positive and negatives in us. I, I always believe that people say that uh, change yourself or work on your weak points. I always say uh, as soon as you say uh, change yourself or change your personality to be a better version, uh, people take it to heart saying, why should I change myself? Because there's other group who says you should not change yourself, right? That is also the thought. So I always say, do not change yourself. Always fine tune yourself. So if I'm getting angry for 14 years, I will cut it down to once. Only that moment over a period of time. So that meant my negativity is not hampering the positive effects or the positive side of me. Because if I let the negativity affect me or I do not work on it to be a finer version of myself, I will not be able to achieve what I'm designed to achieve. So the negativity should not be an obstruction to all the positive sides of you. And that is the learning that I took out of this. And I think it is really helping me today. Wow. Wow. And I, I want to, you know, put a pin on, on setting audacious goals because I really want to get there and, and how you're applying it now. Um, before we get there, I, I, I found this story um, from, from another podcast that you did. And I'm forgetting the name. You can remind me of was in your 20s podcast what was the exact name. The 20s show, the 20s show by, by Vidhan. Okay, I'm going to find it. I'm going to put it in the link below, but I, I heard it from this podcast and I thought it was so amazing. When you started your walking after the two years with your walker, you were going to malls and you were going in flat surfaces. Hmm. And then one day, and this is, again, this is why your physio it just it sticks in my mind. You you go to a, a field where where the the ground was unstable and, and not like regular flooring. And I, I, will, I want you to tell this story, but you, you were uncertain and your physio helped you out. What, what did your physio say to you in that, in that moment? So, um, uh, Arman, the thing with my life is that uh, there have been certain incidents in my life that have really made me who I am uh, today. So they have really found my code. So one of them was this incident that I, when uh, I was walking on flat surfaces and I was really confident with it and uh, my physio wanted to reach the next stage uh, of recovery. And he took me uh, to uh, a, a field nearby, a sports field nearby. And uh, he said that we should walk on uneven fields now as the next part of recovery. So on this stretch of land that he chose for me to walk on, it was, a very difficult track, especially for somebody who's recovering from paralysis and he's just learning to walk where he falls even on flat surfaces. And this is the stretch of land that he chose for me, which was rocky, muddy, uneven. Uh, it had just rained, so it was wet. And it was 
like even on my in my, in my earlier days when it I was all fine and able bodied I would have a difficulty walking on that track and he just chose it for me he said walk he just standing at the beginning of that stretch and looking at what is to follow I was petrified I was like almost shitting my pants like no way I I, I cannot do this and I my physiotherapist was standing on the other end I just raised my hand I just told him sir I, I'm not going to do it. This is it. Like, I am not going to do it. And, and yeah, I am, I am not able, like, I am not fit enough to do this. So, um, hearing me, he just walked to me and uh, he, he came to me and I think he, he told me in his very soft voice uh, some very precious words that form a very major essence of, again, what I follow in life. And he told me that, Pratik, stop thinking about how difficult this walk is going to be or whether you're going to complete it or not. Just focus on the next step that you take and that's it. That's about it. That's as simple as it gets. Just focus on the next step. And that really, again, again, it really sat in my head like, 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 wow, what a, what a learning that I do not have to worry about the enormity of task. I do not have to worry about how many times will I fall. I do not have to worry about how difficult it is. I just have to worry about taking the next step and taking it in the best possible way. So what it did was it kind of, again, decluttered my head. I did not have to worry about a lot of things. I just focused on the next step. And with every successful step that I took, my confidence in myself only grew. And um, it was not that I completed the entire stretch of land uh, on, on that single day. No, I didn't. Uh, I fell. But now what happened was if I fell, all I had to do was get up learn from the last step that I fell on and take the next step correctly. It was as simple as that. I did not have to worry about anything. So I think that really uh, led to a lot of confidence building in myself. I did not have to look around to, uh, to gain motivation because every successful step was a motivation for myself. And I, that is a bigger learning of life because that uneven path is life for us laid out there. So many times we find um, that life is going to be tough or goal is going to be too audacious. I think what we forget is it is all comes down to the next step. It does not matter how many times you have failed. It does not matter what you've done in the past, whether you've been a hero or a villain. Nothing matters. All that matters is the next step that you are going to take. And that was my learning that really, really helped me. And that is, again forms the core of me of whatever, whatever I'm doing today in life, the importance of the next step. Wow, and you know, um, the, the, when you were saying this story, what I was thinking was, and, and tell me if, if you think the same way or, or tell me if you think differently, it seems like reaching audacious goals is, is just about not only short-term steps, even the micro steps, like you're saying, but it's a confidence-building activity. What do, you, what do you think? So um, I have a phrase for it where I use it in my, in my organization, organizations right now, which I say uh, macro vision, micro precision. So, uh, so the only way that you can reach audacious goals is by doing the current goal, the current short term goal correctly. And that is the only way to reach there. Um, so yes, like I, uh, the organization that I run, I want to make India more accessible, but I think the first thing that I want to do is make my locality more accessible. 
or make my neighborhood more accessible. And that I think will pave path for bigger goals and that learning from this will, will actually pave path for the bigger things that I am, I am supposed to do or want to do in life. So uh, I think it is very, very important. So what short-term goal setting does is how it kind of prepares you for the audacious goals is because um, you become more focused on because now your task is cut out. You have to think of smaller things. You, you become more in, um, you get more, uh, you can see the, the short-term goal happening in front of you in short time. So that is again confidence building. Uh, where you can see it hap making, happening visibly, you can see the change with the short-term goal. So again, that is confidence building. Thirdly, I think with every short-term goal, your confidence in yourself grows. And I think, again, that helps you in, in, um, in, in the next goal that is going to come. That might be a difficult one or more challenging one than this one. But because you have had the confidence of falling, getting up and knowing how to, how to go forward, that again, it sets you for the, for the path. And I think also, I really believe that Every goal that you think of, that audacious goal and all, one day that that achievement, that audacious goal, let's, uh, we, we should pray that yes, we all achieve that audacious goal. But I think all achievements of goals is again, just a milestone. Because again, when you reach that audacious goal, there'll be a bigger goal that you'll be looking from there. So uh, the goal keeps on, on, your audacious goal keeps on shifting, but it's the journey and how you have to take that journey really matters. And that is the learning that we should go by. Goals are only milestones, but it is the, what you have learned in this journey of how to go about it is what life is about. Can you, can you say that again, the big vision, micro precision, precision, is that what it was? Uh, macro vision, micro precision. Micro. I, I, I love that. I love that. Um, so uh, let, let's take the listeners through a case study, man. Like, what is your big audacious goal at the moment? So um, I have uh, two uh, two goals that I really want to achieve. And one is on my recovery wise and one is uh, the work that I'm doing. Uh, so um, uh, from, uh, from, the reco from recovery wise, there are, uh, uh, there are two, two or three centers in the world that are best recovery centers in the world. And I, I want to go and spend there two to three years there. And I want to have the best of uh, recoveries uh, um, there. And I think I will be able to show a lot more than I do in India because, uh, yes, India has, is constrained in its own way in the type of uh, technology we have. Um, so that I want to do um, uh, personally. Uh, but um, looking at work-wise, I am very committed uh, to uh, make India more accessible and better at physical accessibility for people who are facing a physical challenge. Because unlike other people where I think accessibility is our right, I am very committed uh, to believe that it is actually my duty to make this country accessible. And we need an enabler in India and we need somebody who has the right thought process to take India towards that. And that is my big one big macro vision and audacious goal that to make India much, much better at physical accessibility for the 100 million population who's facing a lifetime lockdown right now who do not come out of their houses, who are stuck. Uh, just now recently, it's Corona, and we are so used to the idea of lockdown, right? In the first six weeks of Corona, when Narendra Modi announced that, we were just so, uh, uh, we had so much agony because we were not supposed to step out, we we're not supposed to meet people, we we're not supposed to go to public places, we we're not supposed to stay in hotels, airports, railway stations, take a cab, uh, have friends, meet friends, go to work, nothing. Imagine there are 100 million people who face this every day of their lives for their entire life. 
and that is my goal to mobilize those people to give them make sure their quality of living improves and that is what i'm working towards dude that's that's such an amazing parallel because you you don't you don't think about that can let let's let's break that down further so you have this goal and you want and i that number 100 million when you said that in your ted talk that absolutely blew my mind i had no idea it was so big how how are you like what are now this this is a huge vision and it's a necessary vision how are you breaking that down in into shorter term goals so um as i said uh, the vision is huge but what i am doing is taking uh, one step at a time so if i suppose uh, for example i am living in a in a in a in a gated community which is by a big big very reputed builder and it is it is a five star community with the best of clubhouses there are 10 gardens there are two swimming pools there are multi story clubhouse and there are 23 towers the township despite of that it is completely inaccessible and that is my point so if i want to make sure that the standard of living it is in houses or flats of people who are physically challenged improves i have to start with my own community and that my first goal is to make this community this this township better at physical accessibility so that is what we have done in in last month we are we signed a contract with them where uh, ramp my city are is they have given us the contract to uh, ramp uh, to make this place accessible and now this is a short term goal where i'm going to make this township a model township where this is what accessibility is that i'm going to show to the world and then take it to the bigger stage of of right now i'm doing one 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 gated community but i'm going to take it to the owners the real estate build the builders to tell them that now i've done this now you give me your entire you give me five more communities of your or you give me 10 more and that is how it grows like they see your work and they they give you bigger work and then they give you bigger work then and then you go, do good at it then they they give you the bigger more bigger work so that is how it grows so short term goal one community and doing it to the best i can and the bigger goal is to make sure that he gives me all his properties and that is the impact that we are looking and similarly across workplaces across cinema halls across events across airports one property at a time and make sure that that the the effect of that the ripple effect of it uh it it goes to other areas where our work speaks for ourselves and we are able to do many more properties and create a larger impact wow shout out to big bruski by the way as well we were just talking about it in hanor i was there yesterday evening and just before we getting on the show I, I, the thought was wow this is very accessible and it turns out you your team helped there can you can you talk about um What what does that look like? Do you guys get in during the construction, or or do you more prefer to get in uh, once it's already done? How, how do you go about it? Arman, first of all, there there are no guys. It happened just now. Earlier there was only one man, uh, one man team. It was me. Wow. So it is me who it is. I have started to have advisors and and financial advisors and legal advising all now in the last six months in Corona because now I am doing bigger. I mean bigger projects. but earlier when i was doing restaurants and all it was me running all over the city uh, with my cab or with my driver or by myself i just used to go and just approach owners of property because that was my approach so um, um doing big booski the big booski what happened was uh, uh, in the so ramp my city uh, uh, movement started 2018 where uh, it started with farzi cafe where uh, once my friend uh, told me uh, uh, that uh, farzi cafe serving some amazing prawn tempuras and you should really go and have it there and i 
said yeah why not i mean i should really go and have it there but uh, when i when i said oh shit i'm i'm a wheelchair user and how will i go there and i i learned that there are couple of steps to the entry so i said oh so i said to myself that just because i'm using a wheelchair that does not deny me the right to go and have a good meal come on i mean my right and my my want to have good food is as good as yours if you want to have good food i want to have good food um so um, so there i was i i left a uh, tweet with mr zaravar kalra of of farzi cafe and he instantly replied uh, on my mail and he said we'll get it done uh, because mr zaravar kalra's father uh, was um, god bless so mr jix kalra was uh, also a wheelchair user so mr zaravar kalra really understood that thing and he got farzi cafe done and then after that i took the same appeal to different restaurant and big ruski was also one of them Uh, so, but then that time, Big Ruski did their Sarjapur uh, branch because they were very active with it. But when they did this, uh, and I went to meet them, I told them that whenever if your next project is coming up, and I heard that one in Hindur was coming up, I told them that please make sure that you have you make it accessible. So, uh, Mr. Pravesh Pandey, who's the director um, of Big Ruski, founder and director, he actually did two things uh, on my request. one is he made entire big ruski accessible in terms of the ground floor um, the entirely accessible number 2 on my special request he also made a wheelchair friendly washroom there uh, for 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 uh, for people who are using a wheelchair and of course we had a training session with them and and, and it was wonderful so big ruski has been um, i would say one of the most um, their team is one of the most exciting one they are very eager to learn very good at customer service and that is the that is the brand big brewski is and uh, mr pravesh pandey i'm doing this brand promotion for you for free <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously shout out to big brewski they they the place is incredible and and it's it's so awesome to see them go above and beyond now w- my other fascination with you and and this is kind of again i i like to go all over the place as well yeah 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 when you're on recovery right and you have these audacious goals and you have this and that it doesn't have to apply to anything but when you have something so challenging what i've found with you is again through my research say th- there's like an in energy there right like th- there's like a huge positive energy that you have how are you how do you cultivate the energy when maybe you don't you don't feel like it is there anything that you do habits routines anything like that i get asked this question a lot of times that how did what was the moment in your life where when you turned from negative to positive and i always tell people that that i was always positive so the thing is this arman you will understand um when this kind of injury that happens it gets with it not only uh, a lot of a lot of and a lot of troubling um, health issues throughout your life but what it gets with it is is social isolation it gets a treatment where you're only seen as a patient where friends don't talk to you where um, society only has pity and sympathy for you and where you're um, doomed to be roasted for devil's dinner like you are just felt your existence is invalid and uh, me somebody who was uh, living a life uh, in his 20s which was a dream life which because i was professionally very successful i was traveling all over the world i was the talk of the town and as far as the party scene was concerned i had a girlfriend doing very well in us and supposed to get married 
and everything was my way and i could not have dreamt of a better life and then boom one day this happened this accident happened and there i was with a paralysis with no medical solution with depression with people talking ill about you with your only thing as a patient and all that came with it and it was it takes it took a lot of time for me to absorb it but at the end of the day uh, the only thing that i told myself is that my life is only going to be one thing and that is fantastic and there is no other way that it can be and in order to to for my life to be fantastic what i had to do was so 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 there i was so after this one year post accident uh, everything had changed not only bodily wise but society wise i was no longer first partying and there was no friends my girlfriend had left me and i did not know what to do and i think at that point because now all you have is yourself and the biggest fight is in your head only because now what do you do about the situation because yes if there was a medicine and you could have gotten cured you can do something about it tomorrow right but there is nothing so now what do you do so i think at that moment i realized that what i have to do is stick to my strengths stick to my strengths and that is i love living life outside my comfort zone i was a very hard working guy i am a very hard working guy so hard working living outside my comfort zone uh, being very outright about what i want um, i have a very 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 strong self review system and i think the recovery that i was getting the the biggest fight was not with the world outside the biggest fight was within my body and if i could gain control over it i think it you it helped me spill that confidence into other areas of my life so uh, the positivity that you see is because i have chosen to stick to my first is realizing what strengths i have and she choosing to stick by them and i think that is the learning that i always tell people that in bad times or good always know what where your strengths lie and and just play by them because that will always make you positive because you are sticking to your strengths and if if it's something that is a strong point it is not going to make you weak so that is what i have done and yes so that is the cultivation of of realizing through the years of what, where all my strong points lie and always sticking by them you know uh, that that's so interesting i was listening to a podcast yesterday and it was the tim ferris show with with garrett something and michael phelps and and what what they said after you know achieving such such heights in their career in terms of olympic medals and stuff um garrett the australian uh, i forget the name but I'll, i'll put it in the link below he said to the the secret of his happiness is do more of what makes you you and i think that is like it, it when you said that that that's what ma- made me think about it if if you find something fun like go ahead and do that i want to like ask you one one thing when you um when you hear someone complain or or anything like that cuz i i it's all about perspective right like what what is the immediate thought that gets into your mind when you hear a complaint of of any sort when somebody complains i i feel happy about myself that i am not a part of that group because i am a part of the solution and that is how i drive my life so if you are complaining and you are nagging and you are going to keep on nagging then you are going to be there and as soon as you become a part of the solution not the crying complaining creeping gang you have so much you give yourself this infinite power to change the world as soon as you become a part of the solution 
so my i telling a small example so uh, so i as i mentioned earlier in the podcast there was a bit of social isolation not a big a, a, a very major part of anybody who's differently able is social isolation so but i wanted to live the same life that i earlier was and the only way and because that kept me happy so the only way of doing that was now nobody was talking to me so i wanted to reach out to people and make that first move that come on like you can talk to me i am the same same friend yes i might have a physical challenge but my mind soul and spirit are absolutely free but how do you go to and tell them that so uh, what i started doing 2016 onwards was i started calling my two three uh, close friends every weekend i used to tell them that that let's go out let's have a beer let's i'll come to your house uh, and everything so in the initially they were little uh, uh, they were little scared that can you really do it they will uh, they did not they were not sure can you really do it can you have this can you drink and i said yeah just meet me and i think over meetings when they met and finally that uh, ice broke uh they became very comfortable around me my own very close friends and i think uh, conversation that were around my recovery only were replaced by conversations which were healthy free flowing conversations uh, i started getting invited to dinner parties to birthdays again people started searching for accessible places for me i started learning transfers on my own because earlier that i was using help but now because i wanted to be more independent so i should know wheelchair transfers i started learning that now uh uh while uh, this was happening uh, as a part of my independence uh, i did not want to take my car and driver all the time i wanted to use an ola uber irrespective of whether it is 2 pm or 2 am or whether i am drunk or whether i am not or whether whatever whatever the scene will be i want to be independent but how do you do that because half paralyzed body using a wheelchair without a help at 2 am in the night in india being a north indian now please put this all together any person would be like no not happening and also the concept that is there that cab drivers are usually very rude that they will not let you board the cab and they will speak so many wrong things to you they will abuse the shit out of you they will probably hurt you and they will just leave this is the perception i said none of it matters to me if i want to be independent i rather be so wherever i used to go i stopped taking the help, my help i stopped taking the car i just used to book a ola and uber at whatever time and i used to call the cab driver and when he used to come of course the first look is that of surprise because on the middle of the road there this guy at 3 am in the night on his wheelchair and the cab driver was not expecting this that this is my customer that this is the customer i'm going to like take to the destination and in that process from 2016 onwards i have called hundreds and hundreds of cabs i have and i used to train each and every driver of how i am going to do my transfer how he has to fold the wheelchair how he has to keep it inside the boot how he has to again when we reach destination point how he has to take it out how you tell me transfer back and how you have to leave me till the elevator and i have given that training to so many people and that today as an organization when we sit here it is a million dollar idea sitting with us because a lot of expenses going the training and induction programs of ola and uber so why not give them this training of course it is very very important training to give people and to make world a more equal place and it's a brand promotion for anybody so that's one part of not complaining and using it as an opportunity to be the solution so i did not complain of of what how the cab drivers are are or whether what i challenge i am facing i have always believed in being a part of the solution i have always believed in being the solution
That, that's awesome. And you know, uh, by the way, I, let, let's tag Ola in this. So hopefully it gets into their training if it's not already. I, I want to um, ask you this. This may be a, a weird question, but it's what came to my mind. Since you've had so many probably conversations where the other person was like, oh, how do I deal with this? You know, it, it's new. Do you ever feel awkward in conversation? Because you've had to put yourself into so many different new scenarios almost every time like do you feel ever awkward or is it just now you've, you've learned how to be natural so uh, um, again there is uh, there is a uh, there is an incident related to it uh, mm-hmm. I posted my YouTube videos uh, of my recovery that you see that you were talking about in 2016 December and after that I got a lot of media attention there were a lot of articles that came out and there are a lot of people on so on YouTube who started um, leaving comments and you can still go and check them out. And where there were only um, messages of cries and trouble and pain and how they, how their life is absolutely miserable and how I'm able to do it. And probably telling me that you are a lucky one and you have finances or your injury was not as great. And that's why you're able to do it and do not, do not discourage us and whatever. So um, I think for the first three, four months, every day I used to talk to these whole gang of people and tell them that, no, this is possible. This is possible. No, you can lead a better life and all the positive positivity that I can spread. After three to four months, uh, you know, there's a saying, if a, a lie told a thousand times becomes a truth. So when I heard those thousand times, every day ringing in my ears, no, this is just a God, you are just lucky, you're this, you're that, it's not possible, you cannot recover fully, this, that, whenever I, in the middle of my recovery program where I was really confident about myself, I used to get, uh, hearing to all those things from people, I used to get depressed at times and used to question myself that what, what next and what now? And I think that one point, somebody really came and told me, and it was like an angel singing into ears. That somebody, one friend, uh, in a conversation, told me that I think there is only three, four things in a human, the core of them, that makes them them. Everything apart from that is superficially there. So he said, "Come, come, sun, come, rain, come, winter, come, autumn. You should always believe that those are the three, four things that should always drive your life. And decluttering is very important." is a very important phenomenon in a person's head. So irrespective of the world says about you, how they think about you, it comes down to how you think about things and how, what you want to stick to. So that is one strategy that I really use that whenever I have awkward conversation where people come up to me and say things to me that, oh, this, oh, that, and how are you doing this? Even people who are injured or even people who are able-bodied, whoever comes to me, I think just, I think having a conversation with me where I only make the effort to have the conversation. So you spend five to 10 minutes with me, you will not, People have come and told me that when they speak, when people speak to me for longer after 10, 15 minutes, they do not see the wheelchair. They somehow do not see the wheelchair. They're like, there's so much of you that we do not see the wheelchair and it's just like a tool with you. That's it. And I think that I take that as a very big compliment. I said, okay, yeah, something has hit them. No, that, that's so true. And, and that's the reason why I thought it because like every, you're so used to dealing with new scenarios and, and situations. So when one comes up for you, you know, how, how they always say, put yourself in an uncomfortable situation every single day or something like that. It must be like, you just know how to handle it. Like for us, probably our nerves will get going, heart rate start going faster, but you 
uh, doing that, it, it, it's made, that, that's why the thought came into my head. And I want to ask one final question. And what that is, is what is the difference between, in terms of, of mental, um, the way you approach life, what is the difference between Pratik before the accident and Pratik after the accident? What are the few major things? One, one thing that you should really know is uh, Pratik after the accident is exactly the same Pratik that he was before the accident, but just the better Pratik as in his, his the strengths that he realized about himself and his qualities are more magnified in his head. And that is what he uses. So I was running a, a business before that also. I was pursuing some things in life before the accident also. And I used to be that person only. How you used to pursue it, the drive used to be the same. Probably a little less magnified, a little less intense. But it was the same person. And I think today also when I'm driving anything in my life, um, it I do not look at it from that, oh my God, I am using a wheelchair. So it is, has to be driven this way. I just drive it in the same way, in the same way that I used to drive it earlier. So I am actually the same person with, with qualities, with strengths that I've realized about myself and making sure that um, make, re, first having realized that though that is my core and sticking to it and, and um, then making sure I use them to my advantage. So um, Pratik before the accident, Pratik after the accident is the same, just that he is a finer version and more and a person who is more spiritually evolved in the way he look, looks at things. I, I always look at things in a way I have uh, a very objective way of looking at things. I try not uh, to react to things. I try to respond to them. I try to understand emotions. And I think I have the biggest fight that I see is, is the one amongst ourselves until our head is sorted and until we are at peace with our own selves. I think we can take on anything in the world. When, um, when Krishna Ji, when Bhagavan Krishna, when he was a kid uh, and he, he was eating mud, in, in one of the scenes that comes on uh, on on television, so he was eating mud and Yashoda Maya, he uh, she comes and he, she slaps him on the on his cheek, saying, "What are you doing? Open your mouth! Open your mouth!" And when he opens the mouth, what she sees inside him is the universe. So that is the learning that everything that you want to sort out in the world outside, if you settle it within the universe that you have within you, you can take on anything, anything. And because it takes one person to change the world and you are that person. Wow, Pratik, um, your, your positive energy is, is motivating. Like, you know, right now I feel, I feel like fired up. Like I, I gotta go do some shit. <laughs> you know, I gotta go for a run to get this energy out. So um, I, I wanna thank you so much, man, for taking the time today to have this conversation. Lovely, lovely speaking to you, Arman, and, and, and you had some really amazing question and, and you, you, you asked, you're a fantastic host. Thank you so much. And to everybody listening, if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, leave them in the comment section below and, and we'll get back to you. And thank you again for listening. See you guys in the next one.